some new friends that I feel like I've known a long time. Isn't that the best people that you're friends with that you haven't met yet, but you're friends? I love that. So it's Carl and Laura Forehand. Welcome to Perspectives with Catherine Toon. Thank you. Thank you. It's an honor to be here. Yay. I'm so excited. You know, I've been following you kind of a little bit on the outskirts, not intentionally, but you know, I don't, I, I kind of, um, it's a lot of times I'll have time to listen to partial things and then I'll want to get back and I'll never get back to it. You know, life is busy probably for you guys too, that, mm-hmm. uh, so much wisdom you guys have, uh, served in the church, uh, and, um, for decades, right. You guys were pastors for 20 years. Was it? Yes. Yeah. yeah there are lots of stories there. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And with that, you've been on this journey uh, and have recently uh, are, are in the process of writing out a new book. Let me get the name right. Out into the Desert, Thriving Outside Organized Religion. So my goodness, that's a that's a fabulous topic. I know a lot of people are kind of on their journeys, are revisiting things, deconstructing, reconstructing, trying to figure out what a construct is, all of that you know, what prompted you to do this work? We actually, we actually wrote the book about two years ago um, after we had been outside of organized religion for a little while. Um, I think there was kind of a twofold purpose. One was to just kind of examine from the outside to see what organized religion looked like, to see uh, if we were seeing it right, you know, because when you're Rob Bell does a deal about being too close to the water, when you're in the water, it's literally right up against your face. Right. And sometimes you can't see it, but we wanted to evaluate it from the outside. But also I, I think we just wanted to talk about how we're learning to thrive on the outside. Mm-hmm. We call it the desert, but it's really not a desert. It's really kind of a, a growing into a beautiful place and a thriving place for us. So we wanted to talk about all that. What we didn't intend to talk about that we did were the the struggles and all of the the pain and things like that that we went through, mm-hmm. and especially, you know, from Laura's standpoint, she probably suffered worse than I did um, because I was getting something back out of it. You know, I was getting a, a rush and a, and right. a career thing. Out of boys and. Yeah, and she was the pastor. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I think for me it was. Uh, I, I mean, I've always loved to write, mm-hmm. but kind of, you know, little essays here and there, I guess. But for me, I think I needed to do something that was going to start the healing process, and so just getting my thoughts down because just when you, when you come out of, for us, I'll speak from my perspective. So if I make it sound like I'm talking general generalities, I really mean from my perspective, but I was kind of spiraling. And so I had thoughts going every which way, just kind of crashing into each other. And so it was, it was a good way for me to go, okay, as you enter this desert, what do you think 
about things. I mean, there was a point before we started writing that I thought, am I an atheist now? Am I, I mean, what am I, you know, I can't really call myself a Christian in the sense that I used to know myself as a Christian. So, you know, what am I, you know, how, how do I identify now? And really seeing if, you know, putting me into another box, you know, taking myself out of the Christian box and putting myself in another one was really the healthiest thing for me to do. So Mm -hmm. that's for me started the healing process. Yeah. And, you know, that speaks, and we were kind of chatting a little bit before, um, so much toxicity that we're, we're, we're starting to talk about and saying, you know, um, this happened and you're not crazy and you're not alone and it's okay to sort of disagree with the party line. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's okay to really check your own heart for what you are believing, because if something is valid, it'll stand up against your questioning. Um, and, uh, and just giving permission for that. So our, our spirituality, our relationship with Christ is really authentic and life-giving mm-hmm. and produces the fruit that it's supposed to produce. And, you know, when I hear we were leaders and I mean, clearly, you know, you guys know the word and you know, all the hoops and bells and whistles of what we're supposed to be doing as Christians. Um, but there came a point where it wasn't life. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and then how do you admit that as a pastor? Right. And then you have your livelihood attached to it. And we create these systems and organizations that are not life-giving for our people or for ourselves. And we need to Mm reevaluate. So really like Mm -hmm. pastors, you know, realizing that, that tie that they do have that livelihood that you were just talking about, Mm -hmm. because I think I was emotionally, I emotionally detached from everything probably a year or two before he even was like, I'm done. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, and a lot of that, when we would have our conversations, Mm -hmm. you know, about, I just don't know how much longer I can do this. You know, he would always come back with, but it's, it's how we serve, you know, it's how we're surviving. It's the way we living in this house and the way we get our food and make our car payments and things like that. So in a way that that's kind of, um, that's a little bit sad, I guess that you almost get kind of stuck because that, that is your means of, you know, providing. So yeah, that was a really good point. Mm-hmm. Did this uh, place a strain on your marriage? Uh, you know, Carl, you're like, you know, we d- need to hold on. We've got a, you know, we've got a mortgage. We've got car payments. We have whatever we have. Um, and we need to eat. And you're like, I am so done. Um, and what what did that do in your marriage as you were kind of maybe different places in the journey or or giving yourself permission to be where you're at versus where I need to perform because I need to provide. And that's a very, you know, real, that's a very, I mean, providing it's a thing, you know, (laughs) it's important. Um, And that's it. Yeah. There's a recurring theme in the, in the book. And it was a statement we got from uh, Sarah Bessie and basically said the, the church didn't have room for my grief. Mm. And so makes my heart. um, Here's, and I, none of that is intentional. Mm-hmm. No one goes into ministry or into a church saying, I hope we screw some people up. Right. But what happens is wounded people mm-hmm. uh, walk into a church and wounded people hope they'll get better. 
and we promise that we'll help them get better. But 70% of the money, most of the time goes to running the organization and there's not time to, um, to help them. And about 10% of the money goes to, to projects like that. Mm-hmm. Try to help people it might be project recovery or, you know, some of those kind of things. Mm-hmm. But so not only that wounded people also hurt other people, <laughs> they wound each other. Mm-hmm. And, and then, then you have the clergy and clergy. Um, we said it all the time. Who am I? Who would I tell? You know, and, and there was never again, time to stop. And, and so 20 years so we're in, in ministry where Laura at first is along with the kids while I'm trying to resurrect dying churches, right. you know, and, right. and so there's that, but also the 20 years of me stuffing everything down yeah. instead of dealing with it um, because uh, no one had time for that. Yeah. And um, I talk about in the being book um, where a few years out, once on the outside, when I was working with some um, sisters, some, some nuns that, that taught me um, this process of focusing and going inside. And, and when that opened up, it, just all came, it all came out at once. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know if we were going to stay together because it was uh, so explosive. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I had to get away from the house. I had to get away from Laura. And so we had that kind of damage. Mm-hmm. But then in January, when I when I had a stroke <clears throat> this year, um, we realized that how much healing we had done since 2016 uh, in six years. Uh-huh. Is that right? Mm-hmm. A, B, C, D, one, carry the two. Sure. What is it? That uh, sounds right. 2016. Yeah, six years. Cheers. So, in, in six years, not all at once and not by some miracle and not overnight, mm-hmm. um, we were able to do some shadow work, uh, mm-hmm. do some counseling. Mm-hmm. And, uh, the change has been has been great. We've been married 30, 33 years now, but but definitely there, there was an impact. Yeah. You know, and, and I would suggest almost every pastor standing on that stage. Mm-hmm. And they, she or he is the the main person. They're the the go to person. Right. They're the one that everybody depends on. Right. Yet, I would suggest all of them are wounded. I would suggest um, that too. A lot of, a lot of them are <laughs> have mental illness, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they're trying to lead the rest of the wounded people, and nobody has any time right. for our grief. Right. Mm-hmm. And so. That was one of the things we, we could see uh, once we got outside and started looking back in after some healing. So I don't even remember what question you asked. I don't know, whatever. It, it must have been a good one because that was a good answer. <laughs> about our <laughs> no, I mean, the wounds we carry impact. And, you know, what's really interesting about that progression, because you were you finally reached a point for whatever reasons where you were able to connect with your own heart, the damage inside and realize like, wow, I, I I need work just for me has an impact on your marriage. You guys wade through that. And then now you're reevaluating church or reevaluating my, my whole kind of my calling and 
what that all looks like and, and what, what spirituality Christianity should look like. And how can we do that in the constructs of the church? Can we do in the constructs of the church? Is it okay to be outside of the church so-called as if God's not in the desert somehow? Some bare spot or something. He missed a spot, but um, right. you know. Uh, and, and I mean, it's really interesting. And, and those are the you know you have to be brave when you're doing that mm-hmm. internal work because it will revamp everything. But that's really what we want. That was kind of probably what you were kind of wanting from the church in the church world mm-hmm. to begin with. Mm-hmm. And God went about a different route than, I mean, surprise, surprise, you know. Um, but I, I think that's amazing. What would you say to pastor, pastor's wife, both pastors? Because obviously, you know, it's a, it's, it's a co uh, leadership thing, but what would you say to someone kind of in that place? They're, they're, they're feeling, well, they're feeling the burnout. They're feeling the damage. They're feeling the, I, I can't possibly let go. This is my livelihood. Um, my denominational kick me out, yada, yada. Um, but they recognize something, something's resonating in them. Um, and, you know, just practically uh, what would be helpful speaking to someone in that place. I mean, what would you Either one of you to a pastor? Like, I feel like for me, for a pa- like pastor's wives, mm-hmm. I think the biggest thing for me was, cause you had mentioned this earlier that you do, you feel like you are the only one you are alone. There's oh. no one else that, um, and there's a lot of things, you know, that probably, for my personality led to that me feeling that way, but it is a very isolating, very lonely um, existence until you realize that there are some people out there that are questioning and are welcoming of your questioning. Um, So I guess for me, you know, I, I would want somebody to start there, a pastor's wife, if you will, if I was talking to a pastor's wife, to start there and to reach out to, you know, um, like we have the desert sanctuary, um, or or other Facebook, there's other Facebook groups and things like that. Um, and just, you know, find some friends, um, you, you're probably, you're probably not going to be able to talk to anybody inside your church or your denomination or your, you know, whatever that's called the higher ups, you know, you're probably not going to be able to do that, but maybe to just, if I would have just had somebody that I could just go, you know, this is really hard. This is just really hard. And I, um, here is how I'm feeling. Mm -hmm. I think for me, for, it's so funny for me to think back because when Carl first told me that he was, um, he felt he was called into the ministry, you know, I was just like, all right. You know, I mean, like, I didn't really think you did not know what you were signing up for. <laughs> Neither one of you. It was going to change my life right. the way that it did. I just thought, okay, you're going to like, you know, preach at a church. That's yeah. That's awesome. And then, you know, I just kept telling him, I'm not going to be the typical pastor's wife. I don't play the organ. I don't play the piano. I'm not going to lead Bible study. I'm not going to do nurseries. However, you do get thrown into a lot of those things um, because no one else wants to um, take the lead. So as pastor's wife, you kind of have to. So 
just even that when my kids were younger, I felt very alone and isolated. And Carl kind of talked about that because he was gone all the time. Um, And so, you know, if I would have just had somebody I could, that would have just sat with me in that, like, they don't have to give me advice. They don't have to go, you need to leave that church. You need to Mm. do whatever you're like, I didn't need that. Christians aren't very good at that. Right. I just needed, you know, and I didn't know what I needed at the time. I really didn't, you know, so I'm, I'm not to be listened to. And sometimes just being listened to it, it pulls stuff out of you so that you can even look at what's going on inside of you. Right. Or just to have somebody say like, I understand, you know, um, I couldn't even really talk to people in my family. They didn't really understand. And even now I, I do have, um, um, a sibling who, um, is married to a pastor and just we're in different places. We, we don't talk about that kind of stuff. Um, that's not really her experience. Um, but we are finding that there are a lot of people that do resonate with our experience. And yeah, so I think that, you know, that's, that was a long way around that, but I think that's what I would say is just try to find some people, And I know it's hard. Like, I know it's hard. Like I say that, but I know it's hard because it's like, like Carl said, who can you trust? Who can you talk to? You really question all that. Like Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I trust and you don't feel like you can trust people, especially a stranger. Like we're saying, oh, well, you know, find a Facebook friend or something like that. But how do I know I can really trust them? Right. Right. So I get that. It's hard. Mm -hmm. I'd say here's the here's the the issue with that question. Mm-hmm. Um, if you a, another voice that kind of came into our existence was Cindy Wong Brandt, mm-hmm. um, and she said to us, um, "Take a." T-, she said, "I think everyone should take a gap year off church, mm-hmm. and if you can't do that, then ask yourself why." Mm-hmm. And one of the reasons. Um, we can't do that is because we have a codependency mm-hmm. going on there. Um, you know, the, the pastor needs a rush. You, you need the sermon to fire you up and then it doesn't last and you come back and so on. But the, the trouble is, here's the trouble. If, if you take a year off and get away from that mm-hmm. and you grow and you heal and you evolve and you break that codependency, mm-hmm. um, you you probably won't go back. Mm-hmm. Um, for us, that's been a that's been a good thing. Um, but there's there's the the deal is there's no way to preserve everything I have now mm-hmm. and get better at the same time. You know, I'm, right. you've got to evolve. One a person told us early on. We said we're starting to lose friends because we're just because we're growing. Right. And they said, they said, well, you got, you you have to find some new friends. Yeah. We thought that was a little crass, but then it turned out to be true. We found some, some new friends in different places as we grew. Mm -hmm. So um, the, the trouble with organized religion right now, uh, we've kind of trapped it in the past and, and, it's 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 just systemically not geared to function that way because mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. so much of an organization and then we say well it could, it could be an organism but it, it usually doesn't function that way mm-hmm. the organization mm-hmm. comes first 
and that's why there's not any time um, mm-hmm. for people. Yeah. And I, I think, you know, and I, I think that's, that's true in so many ways. And I think, um, I, I think, uh, I, I, I love your perspective in your heart. It's like people don't start off saying, I just want to create this toxic organization and, you know, create people that are addicted to what we have to offer. So they keep on coming back and sending their money so we can support ourselves and bring in more people and yada, yada. Um, but I don't think it's anybody's heart. I think it's kind of what we get caught into. But as we get healthy and we grow, things are going to shift. And that does happen with any kind of relationship you have that's dysfunctional on a, on a, on a one-to-one level, on an organizational level. And if it can't withstand that, then you have to question what place it, it belongs. Because, you know, you know God is... Uh, conforming us to his image, which means we're getting whole, more holy, which is whole, um, you know, and as an ongoing growth thing and looking more and more like him. So, um, so which means we're going to have to let go of some stuff that's not, and we don't like that. We want to kind of stay where we're at, but then go where we're going. And that there's, a reason, there's mm-hmm. a reason where you are is what created the issue. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and that's, you can't stay in that same pattern and keep everything that you had before and get better and evolve and all that at the same time. Mm-hmm. So um, it takes, it definitely takes some courage, takes a lot of vulnerability um, <laughs> and it's, there's no getting around it. There's going to be PTSD and, and things that at first, when you, you start to try to try to seriously question Mm-hmm. things in your life that are producing trauma um it's I, I don't think i don't want to lie to anybody or deceive you into thinking that anything's going to be easy mm-hmm. or miraculous it's it's tough i will tell you though that it's worth it yeah and that's, that's the thing. definitely mm-hmm. worth it it's worth every ounce of effort after my stroke and in the the past few months laura and i have still you know, had major, couple of major things we had to get through. Mm-hmm. Um, they were really tough, Bad. but really good, you know, and, and much better. Yeah. And it's beautiful that you guys are a picture of being able to do this together, you know, uh, and which you, you really can, but it takes a lot of work, but it's really worth it. And mm-hmm. um, that's really amazing. And it does require being brave. Uh, it does require questioning things that we thought were not to be questioned. Uh, and who said they were not supposed to be questioned, you know? Um, but um, what are some of the lessons that you've learned kind of in the desert? Hmm. Well, I, I mean, I think my biggest lesson I've learned is I'm not alone. And the people that I've met here in the desert, like the genuine desert dwellers with me, there's such a, there's no judgment. And I, I mean, I know that sounds very strange because I feel like that's what we've done in, in churches. Um, at least that's been our experience. Um, you know, we look, we, we look at the other and, and how are they wrong because they're not like us and how, how can we save them and all that other, you know, kind of stuff. But um, definitely feel like there, 
there are other people that are there in the desert that are willing to sit and listen. And I think one other thing for sure for me was I finally, um, I'm finding my voice because as a pastor's wife in our particular denomination, um, you were, you know, seen and not heard. Mm -hmm. And, um, there were just many times, like I, people kind of wanted me to be their puppet to like tell Carl, like if they didn't like something he was doing, then I could use my voice to tell him you need to do it this way because they don't like it. So, which I never, I never would do that. Good for you. (laughs) I'm not cooperating just so you know. (laughs) And and then you have, then you set yourself up for isolation Mm -hmm. when you do that um, because people stop talking to you and they won't tell you why they just, they just stop talking to you. And, um, so that when I say it was very lonely and isolating, yes, but I will say that the, the desert has not been that, um, it's helped me find my voice. It's also like, it's vast and beautiful and things do grow in the desert. And, um, I think that's what I love about it. I think, I think, you know, we're almost trained maybe subconsciously, um, in churches that, you know, that's the barren wasteland. That's the desert. You don't want to go there. And I'm like, but have you ever really looked at a desert? I mean, things do grow there and, and very, and, and very specifically they grow there. So not everything grows there, but the things that are supposed to will grow there and they're beautiful. Like, cactus flowers are absolutely stunning. Mm -hmm. And just, just to know that, you know, um, and there are people there to give you life and water and, and sustenance. Um, so yeah, that's a lot, but I, I think I just want people to know that the desert at first seems so, so scary. Like I completely get that, Mm -hmm. but you know, when you sit with people in the desert and you breathe with people in the desert, um, you, you learn just how beautiful the desert really is. And you learn how beautiful each other is in the desert, right? Which is the most important, exactly important thing. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, Carl, what about you? What would you say? Well, the last, the last part of the book is about the, it's kind of an, uh, you know, a fresh take on the Beatitudes. So we went, went through the Beatitudes. And so there's some things like finding mercy, uh, finding satisfaction, finding our inheritance in the desert, finding comfort in the desert, finding acceptance in the desert, um, but also embracing things like uncertainty. Um, yeah. Keith Giles has a great book, just came out, Sola Mysteria. Yeah, I, I read mystery. it. It's a really good book. Yeah. Embracing yeah. the mystery of everything. Mm-hmm. That was that was such a big step for us to step out of our certainty mm-hmm. into uncertainty and realize um, that's where we we discover. That's where we evolve. That's where we move forward. And so there was a lot of things. I want to say something else about finding your voice. We found community in the desert also, mm-hmm. but when as a pastor, I thought I had a voice because I got to speak every week, right? I got to speak all the time. But what I discovered after some contemplation is that 
um, mainly I said what people would accept. And there was there was kind of a narrow pathway that 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 surliness from me uh, could go, or or I was in trouble, and then they'd attack Laura and things like that. So I I really didn't have my true voice, and I definitely didn't know about my, my true self. Yeah, well, no. you don't have your true voice until you know who you really are. Because yeah. you were mentioning a lot about that too, Laura, about identity, like who am I. If I'm not in the church as a pastor, pastor's wife, who am I? <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and out of that place, where, where's your voice? And so a lot of times the solitude, and you mentioned contemplation and going inside where, which is where you connect with really a God, God's in there <laughs> and mm-hmm. uh, he might know a thing or two and, um, and reveal, but he's also mysterious. Right. And a lot of this is about mystery and embracing mystery, which is such a hard thing for the Western church to Mm -hmm. do. Like we like to have it all checked off yet. We got it and we nabbed it. Great. You know? Uh, And so embracing that um, in uncertainty and, and asking questions instead of like having the answers uh, is incredible, an incredible place of growth um, Mm -hmm. and can be done safely. I, I don't see either one of you spinning out into oblivion because you're asking questions and re-examining. Mm-hmm. Um, God's big. He's really big. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And I'm sorry if I, uh, I think I kind of cut you off because I got excited about the whole identity voice thing. So you were, you, you were speaking a lot, but really it wasn't your voice. You were parroting the acceptable mm-hmm. in the, in the con, in the confinement of the church atmosphere. Yeah. And I, I, I would just, I kind of always piggyback off of what Laura said. Uh, Laura says, you know, the first question she had when we came out was, who am I? Mm-hmm. Right. And that's that's mm-hmm. what all of us ask. Right. But that's the right question, because when you discover that, when you go and say, we were kind of taught not to do that. You know, don't trust your emotions. Don't trust yourself. Um, then when I wrote the tea shop, I discovered in a Buddhist guy, about invincible preciousness, this this thing within us, you know, that's um, and and once you hear enough testimonies out in the desert about that, our friend Kyle Butler is one of those that is eloquently talks about finding himself and mm-hmm. following his inner knowing, mm-hmm. and when when you get there, then then we can be what I hear so many people talking about. We can be authentic. Mm-hmm. Right. I can be an authentic person for once in my life. Mm-hmm. And when I'm present with that, when I'm so I say be where you are and be who you are, be present and be authentic. And when we do that, we find peace in the desert. It's the very last chapter, mm-hmm. I think, next to the last chapter is um, finding peace in the desert. And isn't that what we want? I mean, you know, it's kind of interesting because God is really interested in the authentic, right? And like who, who are, and so he'll be digging. And that's why so much of the time when he engages with us, he's asking questions. It's not like he's confused and needs your help trying to figure it out. It's that we're confused. We don't know who we are. We don't know what we really believe. And we're afraid if we ask the question, somehow we're going to be out in the hinterland somewhere spinning off an eternal conscious torment or something like that. But, um, 
but God is engaging with the authentic and that's where our preciousness come from, right? That that's why we're precious is that we're, we're his and, and there's room to explore what that is. Mm-hmm. What is that? And, right. um, and, and we're able to track with sort of who we are in eternity as an eternal being. Yeah. Uh, and it's, it's, it's amazing. And that is where life is. If you've got to play like you're someone else, there's no life there. Like, right. look at my puppet. I'll, I'll have my own puppet engage with your puppet and we'll have some sort of pseudo relationship. There's no life there. Yeah. Right. And yeah. I think we found that too, when we, when we actually did finally leave the church, um, there was no one that really came alongside with us. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. I can count literally on one hand mm-hmm. the number of people from the three churches that we had that actually still stay in contact mm-hmm. with us, check on us, you know, that kind of stuff. So mm-hmm. it's, it's really hard. It's, that's really, and I think that's a lot of people's stories. Sorry, go ahead. No, I was going to say, but I think, I think that goes back to what you were saying that if those relationships aren't authentic, mm-hmm. they're not going to, they're not going to withstand, you know, the, the, the changes that come mm-hmm. when the questions come. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And because, you know, typically there's, they're scared, you know, because we may be going down a slippery slope and there's a, in my, in my opinion, there's a major confusion and Keith kind of addresses it in that book we were talking about. He said the opposite of faith is certainty. So when when what we tend to do in religion is we tend to say, okay, I'm, I'm wondering about God and I'm, I'm trying to find answers. Then we find what we think are the answers and we draw a circle around it. And when we draw that circle around it, it was a doctrinal statement or a creed or whatever, and that stops us. You mentioned that a few minutes ago. Mm-hmm. That stops us from growing, stops us from expanding. And then we we determine how we need to be to fit into that system, that organization. And when we do that, like you guys were just talking about, um, that's what we become as kind of codependent people mm-hmm. playing roles mm-hmm. uh, in that system. Um, we... You know, I had a stroke this year, so I can't say, you know, everything's been been fun and a tiptoe through the tulips and those kind of things. But in most measurable ways, it's so much better um, because we're growing, expanding, moving forward, um, living our lives authentically mm-hmm. uh, is 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 awesome. Mm-hmm. Anyway. That's, that's amazing. I, I love that. Um, I, I hate the stroke. I'm sorry about that. I'm, I'm glad things you're, you're doing better with that. I hadn't been tracking. So I apologize for not having been sensitive to that, but that's a really big deal. But outside of that, things are, um, are you're growing and, um, and that, that's great. And you're finding authentic community, which is beautiful. You know, I, I personally think Jesus is the most authentic person there is. God is always himself. Whether we're, you know, trying to stick him in boxes or not, he just won't, he's not playing. <laughs> and, and he doesn't want to play with a non-version of you either, with what we're trying to present to him as what we think is acceptable, because we're already accepted. And so, um, so, and there's no life there. Uh, and, and then in, in, in community with one another, there's no life there when we're not 
genuinely who we are and are trying to be the person we think the other person wants us to be. And that's in the church, outside the church. I just think it's more toxic in the church because we do it in Jesus name as if this actually reflects God. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and then if, you know, and if we're not doing that, then somehow there's a, there's a divine wrath attached to it or something. Um, but, uh, you know, that I think, I think God is really moving in, I mean, on the earth in, in this capacity and he's so much bigger than we thought he was and, and so much more inclusive, right. He's, he's everything includes everything. Um, so, uh, as people are, say someone's kind of in this journey and they're, um, you know, you were talking, Laura, and they're just feeling like I'm the only one, um, you know, and people do, if you, if you don't play by the rules of the community you came from the church and it's not just in the church, it's other communities as well. The church, I just think it's more toxic. Um, you know, then you're, you're kind of, you're kind of out and ostracized and, you know, um, and all of that. Um, how do people, reconnect because you you've been having to journey and it was, it's very scary mm-hmm. um but it's very honest and somehow when we come to to god with our fears our fears of being alone our fears of like are are you in here are you in this are you whatever um uh he's able to transform things and he's able to build those authentic community um tell you know, you were starting to share about some, maybe some of the groups that people may be able to connect with that will be, they can be heard. I'm assuming they're not perfect. Um, so I don't, you know, but I'm assuming they're good and authentic right. in their growth as you're growing together. Um, are there specific groups, uh, formats? I know you guys are getting ready to have another conference. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, what would you recommend or how would you start to steer people? I think how I would want to, I mean, I'll let you talk about groups and stuff like that. And the conference, um, just as you were talking, just, you know, this sense came over me. I think really you guys have talked a lot about, um, contemplative work and Mm -hmm. being contemplative. And I think that honestly, um, to, find a way to sit with yourself and that knowing that both you and Carl have talked about, I really think that just sitting, being still and quiet Mm -hmm. and, you know, if prayer is, you know, your thing, you know, pray, uh, for just divine guidance, um, or just sit, sit and, you know, tap into your knowing, um, that is going to take some time, but I think it's so important Mm -hmm. and I'm not one like medit like meditating every day is, is anything I have to do every day is like, (laughs) like, but, but I do know that when we are first, you know, coming out of organized religion and going into this desert space that we would do that a lot, we would just sit, And typically I found that I just need to sit by myself. Sometimes we would sit and listen to something and close our eyes or whatever, but there were a lot of times where I just needed to sit Mm -hmm. by myself. And, and if I thought about nothing, I thought about nothing, you know, Um, but just, and I, I still, I feel like, you know, I don't, 
I don't want this to sound like we've come to the end of our journey and, you know, (laughs) everything is, I feel like we're a work in progress and I'm okay with that. Like, I, I, I I think that is the ideal. Like if, 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 if the, the end point is, you know, being conformed to the image of Christ where we're that authentic and a hundred percent, all that, um, Mm -hmm. yeah, then I think we can stop, but I, I'll let you know when I get there, (laughs) don't hold your breath. Right. Uh, because the journey, the journey is what makes it right. Yeah. yeah. And I think too that, you know, there's, there's still, and I think, I think it's important. Like if you're, um, if you, say you and your spouse are, you know, on this journey together, you're probably not going to be in the same place as at the same time. Like, I'm not even sure we're in the same place right, right now. Um, and that's okay. And I think that was like, probably the, the, my biggest, like, you know, shoulders started to relax and everything is realizing that, um, like from Carl, I'm going to get that unconditional love. I may still be questioning a lot of things like who is God, you know, what do I want to think about this, you know, divine essence, my spirituality, he may be more solid in that. Um, and whereas I'm still having lots of questions and, and, um, it's still so much of so much of a mystery to me, but that's okay. And so, um, but if you can't, you know, if you don't have somebody that you're, you're able to journey with, I mean, I think that's where Carl can come in and maybe talk about some of the, the, um, things that are out there for people. So I'm gonna let you kind of take over there. (laughs) Yeah. And and real quickly, just kind of summarize some things she said, Mm -hmm. uh, not that she needs me to summarize. (laughs) um, Excuse me. me? But I want to agree with them (laughs) that, that step one is to learn to be with yourself. And there's a process called centering prayer where you don't pray anything. You just, um, sit Mm -hmm. and, and learning to do that may be step one, that I'd learn to be with myself. I'd say, second of all, realize the community you already have, that you have work, you have work community, you have family community, you have a community. If you've been going to church, you have a community you've been leaving to go to be with your faux community in the church. Um, there's an actual community around you. For the past two months, we've been doing a farmer's market to sell um, my novel, and we met quite a few people that that have lived in our little small town here that we didn't even know. So you have community mm-hmm. that lives near you. We're kind of introverted, really, in real life. <laughs> but, uh, you know, find the community in, in those different places that you already have. But then also online, you're going to start to meet people that that have similar interests that are at the same place in the journey that you are. Mm-hmm. And you don't need you don't need a clergy or someone special to to uh, to monitor that. Right. You just need to make that connection. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, be a little vulnerable and be brave and do that. <clears throat> but then you'll find like in groups like the Desert Sanctuary, which is our group, we're doing leaning forward in a, in August. Mm-hmm. August 15th. I August think. 15th. And. Um, choir Q U O I R is my publisher and, and they, they are revamping right now and they're going to have lots of things like that in the future and gatherings kind of around the country. But one thing we want to avoid that 
you know, it was like the plague to, to people, the ex-pastors I associate with. Mm-hmm. When, when people start talking about, okay, what are our belief systems? Let's start writing this down. Let's start organizing. Get another. <laughs> and, you know, we don't want to just create another, another organization, organization. Yeah. like mm-hmm. that. So allow yourself to be there where you're still discovering. Mm-hmm. And as, as you grow and evolve, you you will need different friends. You know, some yes. mm-hmm. some even of the pastors and authors that kind of started the a lot of this stuff of people questioning their faith. Some of them dove back into churches, mm-hmm. you know, and they're not at the same place we are anymore. Mm-hmm. You know. So, so it's not our community and that's okay. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, it's interesting because I do think God is so big that, you know, there's, you have to question and you, and you have to grow. One of the things I, I kind of wanted to sort of prepare people as they sit with themselves or whatever. Um, um, sometimes with that, because we tend to, um, bury pain and bury issues. And so a lot of times the busyness we have, and when we can do it in Jesus name, (laughs) um, to medicate pain or to cover pain or whatever, sometimes those things will come up and, 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 and my recommendation is let it come up. And if you need help with it, get help with it, but it's in there. It's in there. You'll never get to peace by squelching it. It's got to come up, but there are things in it. As you come up, you get to discover who God really made you to be. And who God is inside and and getting to know him more. Not that you're putting confines, but you're getting to know he's he's like as bigger than the cosmos, bigger than the sum of his parts or all that, you know. And so um, and so that's a joyous discovery. But I did want to kind of warn people it's it's not like instant nirvana, you know, it's not like instant peace. It is you're going to have to deal with this stuff that's kind of in there because you're a human being in a fallen world. And, um, and we've all, you know, got hurt in the church and we all got hurt outside the church. I've gotten hurt multiple ways, (laughs) pick a, pick a card, any card, and probably so have you. Um, but this whole journey within the construct, uh, constructs of, you know, church, or do we do church? What is church? What do I really believe? Who is God? Who is all this kind of stuff? Um, these are great questions and will lead to, to growth. And and I, you know, I personally believe God is big enough to handle it. Like he's just not freaking out. You will. So what is unfelt is unchanged. Mm -hmm. And when it's felt, it changes. So, or say that however you want, you know, you could say uh, the unaddressed or the unexposed, maybe healed. It it stays the same. Mm -hmm. Um, And you're exactly right. Once you open that up, you're going to encounter darkness, you encounter shadow and things like that. We've, we've found a, a wonderful process called focusing, where it's simply to say a part of me feels, this is where I feel it. And once you begin to do that, then um, those, those parts of you that are trying to speak to you um, are able to be healed. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, it, we call it shifting, you know, it shifts. Mm-hmm. you know and it's something that's that's kind of resolved mm-hmm. itself finally it's that five-year-old boy inside me that mm-hmm. you know is still trying to to heal mm-hmm. um, there are there are some processes out there like that um that we can point you to and people that can help you with that mm-hmm. for sure for sure yeah. 
Yeah, absolutely. I, I do a lot of coaching. So this is kind of my wheelhouse. Um, and I love it in the church and I love it outside the church. We just need it as human beings. Um, mm-hmm. You know, life's, life's tough. <laughs> if anybody's noticed. Absolutely. Yeah, well, sure. um, where can, where can people find your book, your other books? You've got other works, uh, find about out about the conference. Yeah. <laughs> everything kind of starts from Carl forehand.com Carl with the K and forehand, like in tennis. Um, and that, that will point you to the desert sanctuary, which is a blog on Patheos. It's a Facebook group. Mm-hmm. Um, it's also our podcast. So mm-hmm. the, the desert sanctuary is, it's all over the place out there. It's everywhere. Um, so, you know, you keep find, find us that way. And then leaning forward will be mentioned in some of those medians. Yeah. But yeah. Start at carlforehand.com. Yeah. And then your books. Yeah. Then the books are everywhere books are sold. So I published with choir. We did um, our books, by the way, I'll kind of take you through an evolution of, you know, deconstruction. Um, the first one, Apparent Faith, was about my deconstruction, about comparing God the Father to fatherhood for me mm-hmm. um, and asking those tough questions, you know, about, about some tough subjects. Then the tea shop was where I discovered presence and authenticity. And then being is called a journey towards presence and authenticity. That's um, about the crisis, you know, when, when everything came out and um, the struggle with that and then the going deeper and learning to be. So mm-hmm. then I wrote a novel for no reason at all. <laughs> for grins. <laughs> yeah, and then, then now the book that Laura and I wrote together, uh, Out in the Desert, will be out August 15th, hopefully. Mm-hmm. Like we were talking about before, we're still editing it, so. <laughs> <laughs> editing never ends. <laughs> it's a mystery. It's a yeah. evolution. <laughs> Wonderful. Well, I love you guys. I think you guys are amazing. I so enjoyed every bit of this conversation. I think it'll be life-giving for many people who are, who are really grappling and really hurting and really feeling alone and, and, and giving people a kind of a a direction to move forward. You know, you keep on moving forward. God can direct a moving object, but if we're just stuck, he's, he's not going to force us, you know, but if we're moving and searching, he'll, he'll, he's, leads and guides us into all truth. And Mm -hmm. uh, I, I, I trust him for that. I trust, you know, people in their process with that. And um, yeah, so I think that's amazing. Thank you so much for being on. I'm so glad you both came. I love having yeah. both of your voice so needed. I love it. So that was wonderful. Thank you so much. Thank you for having us. Yeah, I don't know if I could have talked that long by myself, right? <laughs> I bet you could have now that you found your voice. Yeah, probably, <laughs> but, probably. but you guys uh, ping off each other just brilliantly. I love it. So Wonderful. Well, everyone share this with someone who needs this. There are people out there that are struggling um, and this is going to help a lot of people in their process of growth and all of that. So thank you so much for joining. Everybody have a wonderful evening, morning, day, wherever you are. Thanks so much. Thanks for joining us on this episode of Perspectives with Catherine Toon. 
For additional information and resources, please visit katherinetoon.com.